Hey everyone, you tuned in to the Lead Generation Lab podcast, the science of real estate agent marketing, brought to you by Omega Title, Movement Mortgage, and MVP Realty. Come on, let's go. Welcome everyone once again to the Lead Generation Lab podcast, the science of real estate agent marketing. I am Anthony Bermudez, your host here once again with the one and only Derek Carlson. Anthony, it is so good to be back, but stay six feet away from me. That's right. We got to stay safe and away. Oh, uh, we got to that social distancing. I mean, you know what? I'm going to stay 12 feet away from you. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know where you've been, You, you got to make up for my size, absolutely. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting that you talk about that because... At the rate that we were going on, B.C., before corona, it was something that was unprecedented levels that we were hitting in the real estate market with sales. Unbelievable. Unbelievable customers, experiences. Everything has been over the top, right? And all of a sudden, the pandemic hits. Yeah. And here we are. Yeah. Yeah. 2020. Wow. Yeah. We... uh... (laughs) 2020 needs to go back and we need to redo this all over again. (laughs) Wow. Uh, what What a year. What a... What an amazing year. Yeah, I got to tell you, after coming off the last two years, 2018 and 2019, I could just say from my, my company, MVP Realty, we participated in over $2.2 billion in both 2018 and 2019 combined, right? And so obviously, we had a lot of hope for 2020. And boy, we were crushing it. Break year over year, breaking numbers and records in January, breaking numbers and records in February, even March. It was for first even quarter records. Even March, yeah. right? Yeah. Breaking records in the first quarter. And then all of a sudden, boom, COVID came. And uh, I got to tell you, in looking back at the first week, when uh, I remember we had a big event on March 3rd, we had Tony Giordano. Um, he came into town, flew in from Beverly Hills. We had a couple hundred agents there on March 3rd and people were not joking about COVID, but they were like, do we shake hands? Do we mm-hmm. bump elbows? Do you know, what do we do here? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I had all kinds of hand sanitizer when you can still buy it at the time. Right. right. So we, we walked out of that and, and you know what? I was concerned. I remember looking back that first week, I must've used that hand sanitizer at least a dozen times during the event. Right. So I actually actually was cautious of COVID, but I still didn't know the dynamic of it. In all reality, I went on a cruise March 9th, March 6th to the 9th, three-day cruise. Mm. And again, I knew COVID was there. We were, you know, on the cruise and everybody was washing hands and things like that, but I didn't still know the severity of it. When I got back from that cruise that week, my daughter was in New York City. I'll never forget she flew up to New York to uh, do the whole Broadway thing or whatever. And she's like, Dad, they just shut down Broadway. Dad, they just shut down all the restaurants. Dad. And he, here she is with her friend up in New York City. When that happened, I'm like, okay, this is different. This is different. This is a, something we have to take very seriously. And from that point, I called my, um, my vice president, Victor Neighbor, And I said, hey, Vic, uh, what do you think is going to happen? And he's like, I don't know. He says, Derek, he says, they're talking about shutting us down on April 1st here in Florida. Uh, I don't know what's going to happen. And ultimately, Mm. I said to him, I said, Vic, I said, here's the deal. I know what's going to happen. I actually think I know what's going to happen is, uh, and and, and I'll get into that in a minute. I said, if this continues, though, I'm probably going to have to uh, let go of some of our talent because we're going to probably lose 150 realtors. And he says, really? I said, yeah. Well, Anthony, I'm going to tell you. That didn't happen. Not only did we not lose 150 agents, 
we had over 130 new agents from all from many different companies join MVP Realty since March 1st during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So how is that possible? Why 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 when I thought it was going to be nothing but doom and gloom did I did this happen, right? Now let's be honest. March was great. April I told everybody at the company I'm like, "Listen, we're going to be off for production by 50%." Mm-hmm. Uh, as a company, we were off by 27%. Okay, so it wasn't as bad, right? And then I said, okay, May, we're going to be off about by 50%. We were off by about 40% year over year, right? Those are transactions that unfortunately we're never going to get back. But here's what happened is I started to realize that this pandemic, this global pandemic, was not like the Great Recession of 2008 we, we remember the great recession of 2008 right, right yeah that's Anthony? right that was a really interesting stretch there because all of a sudden uh, when i was involved in the real estate field back then people were just walking out of deals yeah just walking away yeah just just literally Long period of time lo- was, literally telling telling everybody hey keep the deposit right, right? and it, it was uh but the great recession of 2008 wasn't caused by an in like an event like if you ever seen the movie the big short with christian beale right um the big short was great representation. I was around during, during the Great Recession of 2008. And I got to tell you, it was built up just fraud. People were turning their back. Everybody and their brother were getting loans and properties, multiple loans. And then all of a sudden, the bubble burst, right? It wasn't an event. I personally believe that this global pandemic is an event similar to let's say a hurricane right okay right. remember the hurricane two years ago right well we had the, i actually a lot of us va- um evacuated for two to three weeks yes. and they shut down school for a month right this is like that times a hundred right times a thousand right, right? right. so it's an event now <clears throat> obviously this has had some s- uh, serious consequences uh, with the with the mortality rate and things like that with this event but i truly believe my thought process was is remove the event and eventually, slowly but surely, we'll start rebuilding our lives and things mm-hmm. will come back to normal. Um, and I think we're seeing a little bit of that. And you know why I say that is our governor here in Florida shut down the state of Florida for a stay-at-home order on April 1st. That stay-at-home order, stay order pretty much ran to approximately May 1st, May 4th, I think it was, or whatever it was. And during that time, we were all told to stay home unless you were essential or unless you, you know, had to go get groceries or things like that. And everybody listened, right? It was all to bend the curve. And that's what we heard. And I think we all did a very good job at it. Hence why our governor came out in the first week or two of May and said, hey, guys, Florida's done wonderful. Yeah. Because we all listened. I told our agents in March and April, like, listen. Don't spend any money on advertising during the months of March and April. Cut it back if you can. If you can, don't send those postcards. Why? Everybody's like still in that level of uncertainty, mm-hmm. right? So you're going to be spending your money. I need you to save that money. Save it to double down. When the consumer's confidence and comfort level comes back, right? Yeah. Double down then. And lo and behold, that time when I emailed out 800 agents at the company, approximately 800 agents, when I emailed out all of our agents, I told them, double down now. It was like May 15th. Well, I can tell you that in the month of July, we're always 60 days behind. 
we are breaking records again as a company. Mm-hmm. It was the greatest July we ever had at MVP Realty for closed transactions. In fact, not only just the company, but here in Southwest Florida, our July year over year as a real estate uh, agent community, uh, our July 2020 was better than any July for the last 10 years. Right. So it goes to tell me here's why that is. May 1st, everyone came out of their doors of their houses and looked around and said, hey, we're still here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to go to a restaurant? Okay, but we'll sit outside. Okay. They sat outside. Then two weeks later, they said, you know what? Let's go inside the restaurant. There's a level of comfort that everybody, we all were brought up differently, right? My level of comfort is different than your level of comfort. I'm, I might need less reassuring than you need reassuring that it's safe to go out again. Well, what was happening at the same time is that those buyers from the Northeast were still in lockdown mode. Mm. And they, for now over a month, maybe a month and a half, were looking at the same walls in, in Manhattan, in Boston, and they're saying to themselves, I, I want to go out. It looks like they're living down in Florida. They're out at the restaurants. They're out at the beaches. Mm-hmm. And they started reevaluating what was important to them in life. It wasn't necessarily living in the big city. So here they come. They start coming down from Florida, I mean, from the Northeast, from Chicago, New Jersey, so forth and so on. And they started really buying property in Florida in a big way. They came back in a big way. Hence breaking records. Um, now I got to tell you, there's a couple things that that uh, I see that you know this pandemic. Everyone says, well, you know, what's your 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 forecast for the future? Yeah, I think that there's a, there's ways that agents can thrive during a pandemic and to get through this versus struggling, right? And I, I'm going to tell you right now, right now, right now, we're dealing with one of the greatest real estate markets in the last 15 years. Mm. If you're struggling as an agent, it's only going to get more difficult, not better, even when the pandemic's gone. Really? Okay. So with that said, there was a, a prominent, uh, I, I think the world of, of uh, a local broker and, and realtor that was on TV just recently. And Anthony, what he said, he was asked the question, he was like, hey, listen. What do you think of the current market conditions? And I didn't agree with what he said. What did he say? He said that, um, that with the current market con- conditions, it seems like everybody's on a sugar high right now. Oh, okay. Meaning that everyone's just gobbling up all the real estate they can. It, it seems that way. It, it, it does seem that way. But listen, it, this is not like 2005, 2006, and 2007, which caused the Great Recession. As I mentioned earlier, this is an event. Okay? Number one. Number two. Not everybody and their brother can can qualify for a mortgage. Look at, I, I know that you recently uh, bought right, a property. That's right. They went up and down, made sure that you you know had your pay stubs, made sure that you had your taxes done. They went up and down. You left, right, and they weren't just giving you a loan, right? Um, sight unseen, basically, right, like right. they were doing back in the day. Right. So everybody that's buying right now, legitimately qualifies right. for the loan. But I think the other thing is, is this isn't just a sugar high. I think that it's also the interest rates are driving a lot of people to make that decision. I'll give an example. A few weeks ago, like I think it was three to four weeks ago, uh, there was three MVP Realty agents that all posted independently on their Facebook page that they just bought an investment property. Three MVP agents out there spending money on the real estate market. And talking to them, 
I found that the driving factor was a uh, interest rate lower than 3%. Right. People are buying houses less than a car payment. Right. That's not a sugar high to me. That is, that's just the makeup of what the current economy is doing. Now, if you were to tell me that the interest rate went up 4 5 6% tomorrow, I tell you that's going to decrease the market. But if this interest rate stays low and it's predicted to stay low, at least beyond the election uh, and beyond the pandemic, right. I don't see this going away anytime soon. No, it's not. And I'm going to go ahead and just tell you personally, I, I mean, reflecting back on my purchases, the first house was under 4%, the interest yeah. rate. This one was under 3% interest rate. I, I, Unbelievable. I, 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 I couldn't. That's like, you, you for every, money. For every $100,000, that's about three, that's $300 a month. Yeah. Okay? Easy. So, so I, I have, I, I'll tell you right now, my previous car, my monthly payments on that was seven hundred dollars, mm-hmm. six six ninety nine. Um, just got an investment property. The payments on the investment property are less yeah. than the car payment. Absolutely, 100%. for a brand new construction um, cabin in the woods of North Carolina. Right. Okay? Right. So for me, I had no intentions. Now, if they would have came back to me and said, "Hey, uh, uh, your payments are um, eighteen hundred a month." Then I'm doing the VRBO math right. and the Airbnb math and saying it doesn't make sense. Right. But here's what's happening. For the first time in a very long time, a lot of consumers are looking at the sale price. They're letting their mortgage lender run the numbers. And they're coming back and they're saying to themselves, okay, um, this $200,000 property, my payments, my insurance, everything is will be eight and a quarter a month. All in. And that thing can rent, uh, the rent can be right. 1400 a month. Right. That's how wealth is created in this right. country, right? Yep. And then you hope that the prices do go up, so you're getting the equity to go up at the same time that you're cash flow positive. Right. Shout out to Robert Kiyosaki. That's right. Uh, all, the, all those inve- uh, investment game. Yeah, and that's the interesting part about it is that with the, the ability to get these loans on a low interest rate, it makes sense why people yeah. are chomping at the bit or going yeah. out there and getting in the action. Yeah. So, so I, I again, I love this 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 broker slash realtor. I, I I respect them, but I do disagree with the sugar high. I think we're here, we're here for the long the long haul. Um, and the other thing too, when the when the, the pandemic hit and they had the shutdown orders, mm-hmm. the builders got smarter. Um. First of all, we didn't see the walk away like we saw back in 2005 where people were telling the builder, hey, I know you're building my house. Mm-hmm. Keep the deposit. Right. We didn't see that. Okay? So the consumer got smarter as well, number one. And the reason why we didn't see that is the consumer that was buying that property got in at a pretty good interest rate, and they were buying it for personal use. So, okay, great. I can't come down to Florida to use my brand new home Next month, but you know what? I'll be there in the fall when the pandemic's over. Yeah. So they didn't walk away. The people that were walking away back in 2005 and 2006 were primarily investors. And the properties were so upside down yep. that they said, wait a minute. I'll walk away from 20 grand deposit because the price is I can get that same home for 80 grand less now. Mm-hmm. So that's what happened. But so what happened is in this case is the builders got smarter. Um, they stopped all construction for the most part of new builds. Not the stuff they had under contract. We call them specification houses. Um, they stopped building those, which means they didn't have the inventory. At the same time, mm-hmm. we weren't seeing new listings going on the market in March and April. Right. Okay? Yep. So that means anybody that came out to start looking at properties for sale in May and June, they weren't, they weren't just lookers. 
because nobody's going to put them, their self on the line yeah. health wise if they're just lookers. Everybody that came out to look in May and June, the real deal. we're real serious. Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. serious about buying a property. Like, so when you bought your property, you knew you were serious. Right. You wore your mask. You went in to see the property. Yeah. You didn't care. Um, you you use caution, but you you were willing to get out of your car to go into somebody yep. else's home because you wanted that property. So I will tell you that you know with the lack of inventory, again, this isn't a sugar high. Mm. If there was an influx of inventory hitting our market right now, where everybody and their brother was putting their house in the market, and you know people were buying a, in excess multiple properties. I don't see many people doing that. No. I mean, remember, the trends that we had in those times was someone, an investor would come and buy a property, and less yeah. than six months, they'll go ahead and flip it at 15 20%. You're not seeing that. And, and, and that's not something that's happening at all in our market here exactly. in Southwest Florida. So, I mean, with all that said, you just talked about the great indicators that yeah. are showing that this is not a sugar high. Yeah. How does the agent is able to thrive yeah. in, in this market? I'm going to go back to what I told my agents in May. Double down, mm. okay? Right now in 2020, if you're listening to this podcast, and I hope you are, um, you need to work on your digital footprint. There are so many clues out there that right now in 2020, that if you don't know how to get written word, video, audio, all of that content mm. online in the world of the global internet, you're going to become fundamentally irrelevant in this industry. And that was happening before the pandemic, but now it's being exposed more than ever. And if you don't believe me, go look at Toys R Us. Go look at Sears, right? Who would have ever thought, if you told your grandparents that Sears would be out of business, they would have said, oh, what are you talking about? Kmart, Circuit City, right? Netflix put, put Blockbuster out of business. So here's the thing. Either you can listen to me and adapt or you can become a statistic just like all the other realtors that refuse to adapt. And I'm going to tell you right now. So how do you thrive? Number one, you need to make sure that you put in your mindset that you must get online and have a huge digital footprint. Now, the, like I said, this pandemic just exposed that. I was talking about um, big box brokerage firms that have brick and mortar mm -hmm. offices. Yep. I was talking about nobody going to those offices long before the pandemic. But now, like, no lie, people are literally not going to those offices. Yeah, right. And if you relied your business solely on walk-in traffic, I was gonna say, yep, that walk-in traffic is gone. Right. And I've been warning people about this before the pandemic. You were. Now, also, open houses. If you were somebody that, that like, literally were the king or queen of open houses... And now, because people are concerned going to look at property in that manner, um, your foot traffic is less, you're going to hurt as well when it comes to your pocketbook, right? right. So you got to get online. you got to make sure that you get online. So the first thing I'm going to tell you to thrive, digital footprint. Here's the checklist. Number one, Facebook. There's over 2.5 billion people on Facebook. Everybody's on Facebook. You need to be on Facebook. You need a personal page. You need a business page, Okay. And you need to engage with the people on there. Not only your sphere of influence, but you got to try to constantly grow your connections on Facebook. How do you do that? Gary Vaynerchuk, one of my mentors, calls it the $1.80 strategy. What is the $1.80 strategy? Anthony, when, when you as a consumer 
Have you ever put a post up on Facebook that you thought was a really good post and like two people liked it? Yeah. Okay. That happens all the time. Okay. So you're not going to grow your business by just putting out your message and your word on all these social media accounts. The dollar eighty strategy from one of my mentors, Gary Vaynerchuk, is simple. When you put a post up, or if I put a post up, or heck, even my mother, why do we do that? Why do we put a post up? Well, for the good recognition. We want people to like it. We want people to maybe agree with it or maybe to challenge me. We're looking for something, okay? We want, primarily though, we're looking for recognition, okay? So the $1.80 strategy is instead of always focusing on post, 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 find 90 people a day and jump into their conversations. Mm. Like their post, comment their post, um, give value to their post and now you just made that connection with them right okay so you're going to go a lot further but here's the deal it's so easy to create a digital footprint number one social media let's go through it you got to be on facebook you've got to be on linkedin you've got to be on twitter you've got to be on instagram i would play around with snapchat tiktok and pinterest okay play around now you might say to me derek i only have 24 hours in the day which one would you focus on first? It's simple. Facebook. If you're on Facebook, 90%, approximately 90% of all the LinkedIn users are also on Facebook. Mm. If you're on Facebook, approximately 90% of all the Twitter users are also on Facebook. Same with Instagram, same with YouTube. So if you're telling me, listen, I'm only going to master one of them. I'm only going to become an expert at one of them. I don't have time for the other ones. At least focus on Facebook. Okay, 2.5 billion people. I'm sure you're going to be able to find buyers or sellers. Right. Here's why a digital footprint is important now. Proof of success, proof that you're real, proof that it's safe to do business with you, right? Mm -hmm. Every single one of those social media accounts is now like your brick and mortar store. Every one of them. Mm -hmm. Every one of them has different clients. Sure. So, so the more you can expand your brick and mortar store, the better off you're going to be. So that's number one. Social media you need to go on a social media blitz. Now, if you need nice graphics, check out Fiverr.com. They'll make you a nice Facebook cover page. They get all your graphics, your logos, everything for okay. 5 to $10 on Fiverr.com. Now, the second thing you need, you need what's called a mothership. It's a website, DerekCarlson.com, AnthonyBermudez.com, whatever, where it's your brand, your look, your feel, your touch. Um, why? That's what's, what's going to go on to all of your business cards, things like that. You're going to be able to be discovered on Google, Yahoo, Bing. You need a website. Now, where agents get caught up on the websites is that they go out thinking that spending more money equals more results. No. I've seen agents spend $5,000 on building out a website that looks like a Ferrari but generates zero leads. Mm. I've seen agents take a $99 websitebox.com website, right? They spent 99 bucks on it. They took the other 4,900 that they didn't have to pay, yeah. that company, right. and poured it into Google ads gotcha. and Facebook ads and drove and poured the gasoline into their $99 websitebox.com uh, site and they generated hundreds of leads with the same money, okay? So you gotta get a website. Go out there, get websitebox.com, Real Geeks, Playster, um, uh, uh, you know, Sierra Interactive, right? There's a, you, you need a, you need to have a hub, right? But be mindful of spending money. 
on that hop. For every dollar you put into the website, it's a dollar you're taking away from the gasoline to drive traffic to the website. Anthony, does that make any sense? Yeah, absolutely. I'm thinking it's it's a scenario of great effort, wrong technique. So you, you have to make sure that the technique that you used to generate leads is the right one in some yeah. of the sites that you talked about. I actually just saw a basketball player that said you're spo- that uh, it's okay to go off the wrong foot when you're taking a layoff. You see that the other day? Uh, I, don't, I think it was I don't Kyrie pay. or one of the guys I said. I don't pay attention yeah, to these guys. Yeah, Those yeah, professional yeah. players. I don't yeah, pay attention yeah. to that. Hey, listen, technique matters. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Technique does matter when it comes to uh, the websites and driving into the traffic. So the first thing is you got to make sure that you have your digital footprint needs to be strong. That is how MVP Realty is stealing market share from all of the Facebook Live videos. We had a system. It's our new MVP Realty Facebook ad system. Anthony, check this out. We launched it three weeks ago. 90, only 90 agents have launched campaigns on our new Facebook ad system. We've generated in three weeks thirty eight hundred leads. Oh wow, really? That in three weeks? In three weeks. And the average cost and the average cost per leads like ninety cents, a dollar twenty. Get out of here. No, I'm telling you. So here's the thing. If your broker or you are not playing in that world, mm-hmm. all of those leads, we got first shot at them. Right. Okay. So that let's go to the next thing. Digital footprint, well, now we need you to focus on lead generation. 80% of your day, if you want to thrive in a pandemic, when you wake up in the morning and when you go to bed at night, and even when you're dreaming, 80% of your day needs to be focused on income-producing activities. And there's only three of them in our industry. Number one, having a buyer in your car or having a buyer follow you to a property and showing them a property. That's an income-producing activity. Number two, going on a listing appointment, trying to get somebody to convince them to give you their listing. Number three, generating leads and following up with the leads in the sphere of influence that you already have. If you can spend 80% of your day, so if you work 10 hours a day, eight hours of a day dedicated on those three things, you will thrive in any market. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, that's a, it, it seems that the formula, it, it's always about doubling down on generating leads and, and producing, making sure your time is being useful and, and not, uh, it, it seems that you, you, what are the things that, real quickly, what are the things that agents do that are not income producing activities? They'll go to um, broker open houses with other real estate agents there. They'll go to networking events with only other real estate agents there. They'll go to trainings at the board on a regular basis. And don't get, me, don't get me wrong. MVP Realty, we host over 200 training classes a year mm-hmm. for our agents. Okay, This year, heck, I think I've done 200 just in the last six months yeah. this year, right? So I am a huge advocate for education plus action equals results, right? But remember, you've got you've to – that stuff you should be doing on your extra time, mm-hmm. Lead generation, having a buyer in your car, and focusing on list appointment, listing appointments, 80% of your day. You need to somehow fit that education and all that minutia. Right. Dropping off a lockbox at the property. Yep. That is a 20%er. That's not an income producing activity. Now, is it a necessity? Absolutely. But I see agents focus more on that and the minutia of running your real estate business versus income producing activities. Right. And I got to tell you, so so you got to double down Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist. What I also want to give as a tip is you got to focus on what I call high intent consumers. 
You have two different type of consumers, high intent, low intent. High intent quality lead, low intent quality lead. And I'll tell you the difference. A high intent lead would be like Google ads. Why? From that consumer's brain to their fingertips, they chose to go to google.com to type in Saturnia Lakes. They weren't asked about real estate, whether they were thinking about it. They chose it. That's a high intent proposition. Mm-hmm. Call an expired listings. That seller has already showed a high intent or a FISBO, a high intent on wanting to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, YouTube marketing. The consumer typed into the search engine on YouTube, Naples Real Estate or Orlando Real Estate, and bam, there was your digital footprint, your video. High intent. They started that train. Craigslist marketing. There's a section in Craigslist that the consumer has to go to called real estate. It's not a matter that they were on there looking for a sofa and they stumbled across real estate. Their keystrokes brought them there. High intent. Facebook marketplace, when they're looking for real estate on there, high intent. Facebook ads can be high intent if you do it the way that I teach Mm -hmm. and you target the right buyer or seller. If you just go up there and throw up an ad, it's a low intent uh, proposition. Mm -hmm. Farm in a neighborhood, low intent. You might have to send out 500 postcards to get the one hand that goes up, right? Open house, high intent. Most people walking in, are the nosy neighbors that want to maybe sell their house, a potential lead, or somebody that's actively going to probably buy something over the next three months, mm-hmm. high intent. So focus, not only the 80-20, focus on high intent lead generation. Lastly, Anthony, technology. One of the things we did early on in MVP Realty, and we're going to wrap this up soon um, because I want everybody to get back to the lead generation. Um, one of the things we did at MVP Realty is we launched a buyer virtual um, selling, a virtual buying program, I should say, and then a seller virtual program as well, where we basically created processes and systems where the buyer can buy these properties sight unseen. So how did we do that? Well, it's simple. Most of us have an iPhone or some sort of smartphone. So the, the lead would come in. They're up in Massachusetts. They can't fly down here because they don't want to quarantine for 14 days. So they say, I'm interested in 123 Main Street. Fantastic. Well, here's what we're going to do. You stay up there. I have the technology to go over there. I'm going to film the property. I'm going to stay at the property. I'm going to go in there to every room, film every corner of it. I'm going to then upload it on my YouTube app to an unlisted link on YouTube. I'm then going to text you while I'm at the property that unlisted link. Why? Mm -hmm. You can't just text somebody a 15-minute video. It's not going to go through. Right. But you can definitely text them a link that they can click to go watch the video. You have them watch the video. You ask them, is there anything else in the video? Is there anything that I missed? Great. Here's what I want you to do. Put in an as-is sales contract in Florida. We're going to add an addendum to it that says it's contingent based on a visual inspection. So not only do you have a home inspection, but you have the the visual inspection as well. Let's get this property locked up for you. The escrow can be wired in so you're not touching or meeting anybody there, touching hands there. The home inspector, you don't need to be here for the home inspector. I'll let them into the property. Mm -hmm. They'll send you the report. So you're going to get a good verification of that. The appraisal will tell you what the property's worth. And then when we're ready to close, guess what? I 
with your blessing, as long as you sign the dis, uh, disclaimer, the whole harmless disclaimer, I'll do the final walkthrough with you. I'll do the same process where I go in with the camera to make sure that nothing got broken, stolen, and everything's in order. You sign the form. I send you the video. If you feel that everything's good to close, we'll close it. And uh, then the title company will send you all of the documents, and you can go see a notary uh, up in Boston or wherever you're from. And uh, yeah, you just bought a property here in Florida. And if you have an inve- if you're an investor, we can have it, you know, get it either rented out for you, or you can get a home watch if you're not coming down for a couple months. But it all can be done with that consumer never stepping foot into the property. Um, same thing with the seller virtual program, right? We have rules of engagement for people that need to see the property. Now, there's an, uh, a, a form that came out from the Florida Association of Realtors that I recommend everybody in Florida to use as a realtor. It basically says, hey, listen, if you're going to go into a property, the seller signs it, the buyer signs it, anybody viewing the property signs it, the home inspector signs it, and both realtors signs it, that says, hey, if anybody gets COVID because of seeing this property, we're not going to file a lawsuit against each other. Fair enough? Great. I would use that form. The second thing that I would do, if you have a listing, and again, try to go virtual as much as possible. Use the technology that's out there. Matterport, 3D virtual tours with drone shots and everything are available to you. You can get a beautiful Matterport 3D, which is much more than virtual tour, um, video of your property for like 350 bucks. Now photos more than ever mean everything right. for these consumers that I just talked about buying the property sight unseen. When you add these tools to it, you're going to make the perf- person thinking about buying it comfortable. You're going to reassure them. Okay. Now here's the other thing too. This goes with, if you want to thrive in this market, you also got to reassure your clients, right? Now I know that there's something, should you wear a mask? Should you not wear a mask? I, listen, I didn't grow up in your household. You didn't grow up in mine, so I have no idea where your belief system came from, but I respect it. The reality of it is, though, you need to mimic, as a business owner, what your consumer wants, okay? So if you're somebody that says, I'm never going to wear a mask, you know, the revolution begins with me, right? Mm-hmm. And your seller says, listen, I feel uncomfortable about this. I require a mask. You got to wear you got to wear the mask. Mm-hmm. It's all about reassuring their comfort level. If your seller says, listen, I really don't like People that are going to look at the property, touching all the cabinets. Put a sign up on the cabinets that says, please don't open these during the showings. Put a sign up outside that says two people at a time are in this house. I've seen cases where realtors got themselves in trouble. As a listing agent, they couldn't control it, but they could have, where they let 15 people in a caravan and the homeowner's home wondering which one of the which one of these viewers are going to give me COVID. Right. Yeah. I mean, what the hell's going on? So you got to make sure, as a realtor, play the game. Wear the mask. Wear the gloves. Get your Lysol. Make sure that the buyer doesn't travel in your car. They follow you to the properties to go view the properties. Heck, make sure that they don't touch the doorknob. You unlock the door. You keep the door open. You tell them not to touch anything. All they're doing is observing. If you do that, the comfort level will be tenfold and you will get more homes closed. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, uh, it's, a, it's a very informative strategy there you have for the agents here during these times. So with the combination of you explore, explore, uh, explaining 
the current market conditions. In addition to hard to speak with uh, with that mask on. Anthony. No, you know, I'm, I'm taking all this information in. You're right. You know, I'm glad I got toilet paper. So, uh, <laughs> but but Derek Carlson, this is a very informative podcast for these agents during these times. Yeah, that are very uh, challenging for Again, a lot of these agents. So, thank you. Double down on all your marketing. Get your digital footprint and come up with a virtual plan for right. both your buyers and your sellers. That's if you can do that and get that message out. They're going to realize it's safe to do business with you, number one. I mean, think about it. We, all, we already have, like, the e-signs, and the, you can sign contracts electronically. Right. None of us have to see each other if we don't want to. Right. It doesn't get any safer than that. Go convey that message to your right. audience. Convey the message, and we're good to go. Well, thank you, Derek, once again, everyone, for tuning in to the Lead Generation Lab podcast, The Signs of Real Estate Agent Marketing.